Hello. Hello, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Just going to grab your arm and <clears throat> just going to lead you into this room. Okay, here we go. Everybody. <laughs> From the pasta we make to lasagna we bake, we're wishing you a happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> From your family and friends at the Olive Garden, Hospitaliano for Dan. Why do you know that? Happy that's... birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, Olive Garden. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Why do you know that? What do I know? And it's thank your you. Birthday? Thank I write it you. down. No, not that. The, the Olive Garden. Uh, I write everything down. Song. I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm you writing it down to remember, remember it now. No, I don't understand that. Um, Encoding. Okay. I think it's about encoding. I think it's about... Like, if you're like me, and I have both a pretty poor memory, yeah. and I'm pretty careless sometimes, because I'm shucking and jiving, uh, and I just naturally forget people's names. I remember names that exist, but I don't always associate it with the person. So, when, when we run into each other at your birthday party, and I say, hi, I'm Merlin. And you say, you say hello, I'm Dan. And I say, Dan. Dan. And then, like, you know, I could try and do a mnemonic, but I don't want to be a total weirdo. No. Saying your name back to you helps me to encode it. I cannot remember it later if I don't remember it now. Right. Yes. And also, I wrote down that it's your birthday. I even know how many years you are. Oh, how many spanks for Dan today? How many spanks for Dan today? Spank, 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 spank. Yeah. Hey, actually, aren't you technically now the answer uh, to, to the meaning of life? No, God, that was seven years ago. Oh, oh really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I need to update my materials. Let me go look. I mean, we have on. been I'm doing, to your checking. credit, we've been doing the show a long time. Well, I got a lot of problems. <laughs> Let's see. Let me see what I have you down for. I have you down for 72. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> You doing all right? No, I'm just, I'm good. You're tired? Yeah, <laughs> just tired. tired. Yeah. It's just, it's relentless. <clears throat> it just, you know, it keeps going on until it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Anyway, happy birthday. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. It was nice. Thank you, everybody who joined in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the trick is you should also ask for Alfredo sauce. At least that used to be the trick. Oh, how do I know the song? Because my friends and I in college, this is dumb, but sweet. You know, we didn't have money we had hardly any money if any and when we did have a little money i think like seven or ten dollars like eight or ten of us would go to olive garden and get a giant round table and we would have we would order the was i even i don't know if it was ever i think it was technically not on the menu but you could order hello uh uh, sophia i we would i we would all all 15 of us would please like to have unlimited salad and breadsticks and coke and because so, it's a birthday, they do that. That's what you're no, saying. No, no. It's, it's off menu. You know, it's like the terrible in and out place where you can get, you know, your animal style breadsticks or whatever. Oh, yes. Um, I read a really good article today about how overrated in and out is, and I totally agree. Um, and not just because of their faith and COVID policy. I think their fries are perhaps the worst fries. I think in and out fries, you might as well get microwave fries in a box Ooh. and heat it in a dorm room. They're so bad. Um, but I, and, and then the funniest, the sweet part of it is, it was a, you know, a bunch of us that were pals. And it's, you know, the kind of thing you, you really only get mostly 
well, I don't know, just in my experience, right? Just color of my crystal, mostly in college, kind of if you work with people you super like, but you get this group of people, say between eight and 20 people, and everybody totally knows each other, but each one of you, it's like the Sopranos. What made the Sopranos great? It wasn't just about Tony Soprano. It was about everybody's relationships with everybody else. Stephen Johnson has written about this, and I happen to agree. What makes some of the peak TV stuff so great is when you've got relationships with other people, not just with one person. So in that group, everybody knew each other really well, but had their own little different relationships. And for some reason, we would get so silly and so giddy. We would drink so much, so many Coke-free refills. And uh, it was always a delight. And so what I'm trying to say to you, Dan, happy birthday, is that I spent many hours of life in my early 20s uh, at, at an Olive Garden. And so I had to go look up the lyrics because it was a little different in my head, but they come out and they clap. Yeah. Did you, you've been a waiter, right? Uh, that was the one job that I didn't do at a restaurant. I, I was mainly- Did you ever have to sing? Back. Did you ever have to sing in a group for your job? Yeah, of course. What what kind of job? Like when you were a programmer? When we were working at the, yeah, like working in, for the, uh, for the Slee stack? Did no, not for, not for the Slee stack, but when I was at the, um, the telecommunications billing systems company, we had, you know, it was very, if it was just office space, that's all you need to know. It was just office space. And you'd go into, I uh, watched, I watched the first 20 minutes of that last it's a wonderful film. It's not, it's less completely awesome each viewing, but at the time it was a movie we all needed. It was at the time but, it was fairly comprehensive and now I think it's it's more well, of a Well, I think it's still it's still incredibly important and like eminently quotable. Uh somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> you know, I believe I kick their ass. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's you ever go to work and somebody says you got a case. I believe I kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else you get in that? You get um <laughs> what would you say you do here? You get that. You, and of course, you get uh you know, uh the boss. Uh what's his name? Uh, you know, Gary Cole is the actor, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Peter, what's happening? I mean, and then you get Milton. And now, you guys, you I think that the introduced original? the world to TPS reports and staplers. Uh, TPS, yes, cover sheets for your TPS report. My daughter's playing Genshin Impact. She's not paying a lot of attention. And I have to keep reminding her that, that she's watching a classic movie. I showed this but, to, my, um, to my son not long ago, and I prefaced it by saying, I know this is a comedy and this is a work of fiction. However... This is so very accurate for what it really was like to work in the corporate world during this time right. period. And I know that it's uh, parts of it are exaggerated, but not much. It's not that different. And that's but, what I was trying like to explain it's, to them. It's, it's, it's a good, no, no, no. It's a, well, this is actually a really interesting related point. For, I mean, this is, sounds like a subtle difference, but like that is what being in an office was like. I worked for, for a, a guy whose name was Bill. And he essentially was Bill Lumberg. He would show up. He That's it, Bill Lumberg. He would show up yeah. and lean on the edge of your cube with his coffee mug, kind of look around while he's talking to you, you know. Yeah, just checking in with everybody, just, just checking to in. to check in. What's happening? Uh, but what it also gets, and this is the subtle distinction, but important, is that it gets not just what it was like, but what it felt like. Yes. So when Peter walks in and he goes up to the door and he knows he's going to get shocked, he doesn't want to touch it because he knows he's going to get shocked. But like that's emblematic of what that whole, you know, um, 
and uh, what and the uh, the woman who answers the phone, you know, accounts payable, yeah, you know, the same like little repeated trill sound that she does in her voice, and sitting next to a printer that's really loud, and you know, PC load letter, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just the whole thing with Milton. I mean, as 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 the the real heads know uh, that sh- that movie spun out of a pre Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. Series of cartoons. I'm just telling our listeners. I know you know this, but that Mike Judge had done for Saturday Night Live, uh, or like Saturday Night Live showed it. I don't think he made it for them, but you know, he'd done a bit on that's what became that wonderful Stephen Root character, you know, and it was just this poor schlub at an office yeah. whose boss, who is Lumberg, basically just pushes him around. We should we should put it in notes. It's really funny. But I, I love the bit when he's this, this, like the second or third time he appears and he's talking on the phone. He says, you know, he's allowed to play his radio at a reasonable volume <laughs> between 9 and 11. She has her headphones on while she's. And then we get into the whole like, and they used to have my, and they moved my desk again. My desk used to be by the window and I could see the squirrels and the squirrels were in love. And then it slowly pans over and you realize he's talking to Peter on the phone yes. and Peter's in the next cubicle. Yes. <laughs> Set the building on fire. Um,. Uh, what does it put, push the pull squeeze my neck in 1988? Is that how it goes? 1988. I, I started doing that. My family has gotten, I don't know if my family's, I don't know if I'm getting worse or my family's getting worse or both, but my family just does not listen to me. And now understandably part of the time, one of the times, one of the numerous times my family does not listen to me is when we're having the relaxing family times, mm. which is I'm watching a TV show that I really want to watch because I've looked at screens all day. And then my daughter, uh, she's playing Genshin Impact, and uh, uh, she, she has a, she has three really good characters in that game. Um, and uh, and, uh, and my wife is looking at her phone, reading sad Twitter like she does. And then I'll say something, and uh, and then a, a minute later, my wife will say the same thing. And I said, "Did you did you hear hear me earlier when I said that? That like that's the that's the gal from Mission Impossible? Did you hear Leah say? Did you hear me say that?" And she, she says, "Robble, robble, or similar." And then I say, uh, push, 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 and, um, you know, I'll say something like, you know, like 81, 81, uh, drive, drive around the, the, the driveway. Because cause that's, uh, that's how I respond to the Robble Robble of my family mm-hmm. title. So... <laughs> how do I spell Robble? R-O-B-B-L-E, R-O-B... I'm speaking as, who is that? That's the Hamburglar. The original adult Hamburglar would say Robble Robble, if memory serves. And then they made him cute. Do you know about the history of uh, McDonald Land? Because it's a pretty interesting ride. No, I don't know that one. There's a good YouTube. Well, good. What's good? There's a YouTube video about it, and basically how Sid and Marty Croft had been approached to work with McDonald's. On they did. Think, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They did the Hamburglar. That makes sense. They, that tracks. Hang on. Hang on. It gets better. They had been approached. He this does bear a resemblance it, to Sigmund the Sea Monster. Now that I think about it. Sigmund, a friend of mine. Yeah, Johnny Whitaker. Um, oh, God. Cover art. <laughs> he forgets to pay the electric bill, but he remembers Johnny Whitaker. Um, no, what had happened was that, supposedly, having seen 
HR Puffin stuff, which had something like 18, 27 episodes, not that many episodes. I adored HR Puffin stuff. Um, and the McDonald's folks have seen that and approached them with some kind of, I guess, slightly amorphous concept for what might become McDonald land. Mm. And they'd already like prepped stuff and got it done. And then McDonald's just ghosted on them. And not long after, we got McDonald land. Oh, and Sid and Marty Croft okay. are like, are you kidding me? Uh, like, Mayor McCheese looks like H or makes looks like HR Puffin yeah, stuff, exactly and they're both like the mayor of their respective puppet lands. So, long story short, this litigation went on and on and on, and I think in about like maybe 1980, uh, McDonald's had to just like get rid of some of their characters. That's also when they started the beginning of that transition into everything's cute. The Hamburglar is no longer some kind of you know nonce. Uh, a burger monster. He's he's an adorable child, the kind of person who you know, who if we're being honest, you know, might have been harmed by by a Hamburglar, you know, yeah. m- maybe in a liturgical setting. Yes. But anyway, you know, <laughs> you're my burger now. <laughs> and um, so I'll find it for notes. It's a YouTube video, Dan. Uh, where would people find show notes for episode? Oh, what is this one? Beep boop five five two of your back to work program. They're going to go to back to work dot limo. <clears throat> Back to work five five two. Mm, Nineteen eighty eight. Anyway, happy birthday. I I I have everything and nothing. Uh I have I have a lot of emotions and life things hmm. that I think we should probably skip. Hmm. But I've we could also talk about the new OSs. Mm-hmm. We could talk about I think we left off you talked about iOS stuff and we could talk more about that because it's all official and out now, I think. Yeah, we can talk about and whatever we, we want to talk about. We're not talking near reason. Not endorsed. I also watched a lot of Fletch last night. I saw you tweeting about that. I replied to one of your tweets. What brought that on? I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called Blank Check. Blank Check Podcast with Griffin and David and producer Ben, the Ben Deucer. Um, Dirt Bike Benny. Uh, they uh, did, oh, they had, you know, the wonderful Alan Seppenwall on oh, the, Alan, the TV yeah, Critic. Yeah. Well, he's a big deal. He's I think he's at Rolling Stone now. He used to be at Hollywood Reporter with Tim Goodman. Anyhow, I think. But Alan Seppenwall was on, and they talked about... So so w- the way Blank Check works generally, the episodes that are on Maine are a series, you know, a director who achieves early success and is given a blank check. Sometimes that check clears, and other times it bounces, baby. And so they're doing John Carpenter, and they just got up to Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And, you know, what I love about this this ponderous podcast is they do talk about the movie, but they talk about, like, so much stuff around the movie. It's exactly the kind of discursive, just people talking podcast that I like. There's not an outline. There are bits. There, you know, well, for, you know, for a long time they were pro-smits, pro no bits. But anyway, they've got, um, uh, they were talking about that and talking about the appeal of Chevy Chase and the unappeal of Chevy Chase. Mm. Just the myriad stories about what a piece of crap that guy is. I hate, I hate and the hearing that. Don't story you hate hearing of, that? You just want to like uh, You just want to like the people who play the roles in the movies that you enjoy. You and then you do. find out. And there's glimmers, there's glimmers of kindness in what he does. There are the occasional sort of Bill Murray-esque anecdotes about a sweet thing he did for somebody. But I think he puts those you know, out there. I don't think they're legit. I think he, he Well, Dan Harmon alone, Dan Harmon from the TV show Community, all the great shows, Dan Harmon, I think, has... Not missed a single opportunity to talk about what a piece of crap. <laughs> really, <laughs> he is. How div- well, and he's like Pierce. If you've ever seen the TV show Community, he's a lot like Pierce. He's that just character- playing himself. Well, like you know, 
the kind of thing where like he knows he knows his his name is Abed, but he always calls him Abed. Just the kind of casual racism and mm-hmm. stupidity uh, of. Uh, but apparently, you know, like he said some awful things to Terry Sweeney when he hosted SNL the first out gay cast member. He made an AIDS joke to Terry Sweeney in the eighties. Just kind of a hurtful guy. I think he feels. If I were to, I know we're not supposed to analyze or therapize from a distance, but. I don't know. I think he feels like he should have gotten more good things in life, maybe. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the curse of the middle-aged man that often carries on into the elderly man. That feeling of, like, I just, I, I, I am not appreciated. And I think he's, he feels very not appreciated. We must all fight that, Dan. You're, you're reaching that age now where you really got to watch out. Be careful about that. Okay, I'll, I, mean, I fight that's on my every, list. I'll every put that day. on the top. Well, that's why I talk Rain Man to my family, Robble Robble. Yeah. Um, that's why I watched it. But you know, there are bits that are still the whole bit with the names, Dr. Rosenpenis, mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all that stuff, the disguises, little bit of blackface, but not a lot. Um, it's still pretty funny, but it's extremely eighties. And I'll tell you what I forgot, Dan, I forgot that the, I don't know if it's the theme or the score. No, it's probably the theme and the score is done by Harold Faltermeyer. 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 Same one that did, um, well, he did Fletch, and he also did uh, the... Well, he the, did um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. And boy, does it ever sound yeah. like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. And it's it's just, there's so many Roland synthesizers. That's it. That's all he did. He just got a couple of Doing, those. He's got, some, he's got like three Roland synthesizers uh-huh. and a lot of bleep-de-bloop. Yep. Yeah. I mean, who didn't, it's, it's, who didn't walk into the Radio Shack or the organ store in the mall and play that until oh, they sure. got kicked out? Or sam- sample themselves saying, butts, 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 butts. I had butts, one of those butts, little Casio with butts. the samples. That thing changed my the game. The MT-40? Yeah. The MT-40? Yes. I have uh, <laughs> the first, no, the first songs, and I'll find these for notes, the, uh, the song, anybody who's heard my, anybody, fuck, the, the handful, tiny handful of people who've heard my home recordings on four track. I always used an MT40. That's the best thing in the, the world. Drums. That thing was perfect. It was perfect. And you can make it, you can make drums that sounded like, like Grant Hart. That, um, that uh, Dieter uh, Braun. Dieter. What's his name? Dieter Braun. Braun. That D- he would have designed. Dieter Braun. Uh, oh, oh, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. Oh, no. It was great. And it was not that expensive for what you got, especially considering it had a little bit like sampler on it. Um, so, it doesn't, no, there's the MT40 and there's one right after that. I had, I had stolen, not stolen, I long-term borrowed my friend Sam's MT40. <laughs> and so, and I loved that you could do the drums that sounded kind of like Grant Hart from Husker Du. The fills kind of sounded like, mm-hmm. uh, like Grant Hart. Um, and I'll see if I can find those for notes. A couple of the songs I did, Sick of You and All of Her Men. Those two songs were both done with, uh, MT40 drums. What can, oh, the 41 is the black one. Maybe I had the 41. Hold on here. I, I had the, the, like... The like yellowed plastic. That's the MT forty. Okay, no, I had yeah, the then, I had the forty one. Yes, look at the. Hold on. Did I, you have pads? Did you have drum pads on it? Uh, yeah. Hold on. No, no, no. It had the little EQ thing on the left. I'm sending you a picture of this oh. thing. Oh, please. Yeah, by all means. Uh, look at the little. It had like an <clears throat> like a set of EQs on the left side of it that made it slightly different. You see that thing? Is that coming across? Me, Does that make it? To you? Sorry, my ph- my pharmacist is texting texting me at the same time as um, me. Oh, look at that. See? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. You know what's cool, though? I mean, on yeah, so the thing on the left is, what is, it's, it looks almost like it would be like like Taurus pedals, uh-huh. and there's one mode where, is that what they're called? You know, like the Getty Lee pedals. Yeah, you could do um, bass Now, what's it. cool, 
Huh? You could like play bass notes with it. Well, you, there's one mode where it would just play a low tone, and you get and it looks like an octave, a little over an octave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, octave plus two. And uh, you go, wah, wah, because the only song I knew how to play apparently was uh, that police song. Um, I tried before to tell her. Every but little thing she does is magic. It's a good video. You could tell that, that, uh, that, that, that Sting and Stuart, you know, they're always wrestling. Well, there, there was tension. There was always tension. A lot of tension. A lot. If you watch that Police Around the World movie, which I'm sure all of you have seen, um, you get that. This is beautiful dance. So anyway, there's another mode. I don't know what it was called, but there's another mode where, so like you could be in samba or rock or waltz, like on pam 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 But the bass, when you hit the note, instead of just playing a single tone, it would make like <laughs> the cheesy, like donk, ba dump, ba da ba bum. Ba bum ba and you go to a five like bum ba bum ba ba bum, and it was it was really cool. This is this is fun, you know. So much of my banging around, learning like the most basics of music, or like on a piano at church, or just dicking around on somebody's keyboard, and that's that's for example how, how I learned to play piano wrong, with an invention that I call the Wolverine chord. So if you can imagine, Wolverine goes snicked. And then puts it on a keyboard. I would do that with my left hand, my ring finger, my middle finger, and my uh, my, my ring, ring finger, middle finger, and pointer finger. Those three, I'd make a Wolverine. You know, yeah, call, oh, yeah, and yeah. Play yeah, like yeah. a C major, A minor, F, G, which is not how you're supposed to do it. But you know, music is music. People are people. You know, keen on keys, Cassia tone. Oh, this is beautiful. So you think Sigmund and the Sea Monster? That'd be good. Yeah, I already did it. It's already up there. I've already uploaded it. Oh. And the lady was, I think, was she witchy poo on HR Puff and stuff? I think she was. The, 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 the aunt that he lived with? Hmm. I'm pretty sure that she was the, uh, the, the, no, she wasn't, she was, she was, she played a witch-like person. <laughs> That's what we call a it witch, today. A witch-like person. She, but like, okay, now I gotta look it up. Okay, all right. We 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 don't have a, a sponsor for for this. Do no, we? just true, uh, true. we're make, just going to promote um, the folders thing you do. The forty, whatever it is. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah. I I I'm up to forty five. Forty five. Yeah. Um, what it was a uh, Sigmund? And hi, this is welcome to back to work. Pound sign productivity. Pound sign creativity. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters cast. <clears throat> okay, okay. Mary Wicks, she played Aunt Zelda. Now she was in Sick Sister Act, Father Down. Oh, see, I think I might be concatenating her with. Uh, did you ever see the Paul Lind Halloween special? What was in that? Remind me of that. That sounds familiar. Well, but I need it a had both Margaret Palmer. Hamilton. It had both Margaret Hamilton, who played the witch in The Wizard of Oz, released 1939, and it also had Witchy Poo from H.R. Puff and stuff. And it was Paul Lind. Uh, I know we don't use this word anymore, basically mincing around a haunted house set, but then also Kiss came out and played Detroit Rock City. And Paul Lynn's like, oh, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can find photos of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Mary Wicks, she died 1995, bless her heart. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, and what else was she in? I don't know. She's played a lot of nuns, it looks like. Okay. She's done a lot of nun work. Uh, watch well, it, Mon Pedal, Mon Pa Kettle. Oh, those were bad movies. Yeah, anyways. So, oh, she was an animation model for Cruella DeVille. That's kind of cool. 
Oh, she's in the Music Man. She's one of the Pickle Little Ladies. Huh? Huh? The film. He's version? a what? He's a what? Yeah. yeah. Robert Preston, you got to know the territory. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's awfully good. He is awfully good. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, we'll go wherever you want. That's probably about it. We could probably just wrap it up. You want right to end now. it here? Want to end the? I don't know. I mean, I, I set the time aside. Um, uh, <laughs> it's your it's your birthday. What do you What do you want to talk? I mean, I'll go anywhere you want to go. You know. You know, I'm curious. I'll, I'll, I have a couple of questions, you know, and I want them answered yes. immediately. Um, okay. The first one is: Did you install Monterey on any of your Macs yet? Mm hmm. I put Monterey on. I had the uh, developer beta on everything but my main work computer. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I did several, several, several backups, including a super duper, mm -hmm. you know, to an SSD. Always, always good. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, having time machine and stuff is good, but a super duper or I guess like a carbon copy cloner. It's just so easy now for me to take one of these Samsung, you know, T5s that I, I love so much. And just, you know, it takes like about an hour, hour and a half. And it just makes an exact image of your hard drive on that disk. And if you need, so you have your drive in situ at that moment as of Monday morning. And uh, yeah, so then I did the, uh, I went ahead. I, and you, I think you like to actually, use uh, Super Duper for this? I do. I used to use Carbon Copy Cloner a million years ago. No reason not to, but Super Duper is all up to date. It works with the crazy new security yeah. stuff. I There's like so Super Duper, bonkers. and I'm, I'm friends with Dave Nanian, yeah. the guy who makes it. Oh, I like that guy. He's been on a whole bunch of shows of mine back in the day. <clears throat> he was kind of a regular for a while, and um, he's he's super, super smart and super conscientious and really just gets it. And I don't – what I can say is I know I know him – uh, but I don't know anyone who makes Carbon Copy Cloner, and um, and I've never had a problem with Carbon Carbon Copy Cloner. But I just I really oh, like the great. super yeah. duper interface. I really like the way that that works, and I like how up to date he always is. His blog, which and he, he really he had to fight great. because if you've done anything on your Mac in the last year, that's I mean, there's so much stuff that's different now on a Mac. I mean, obviously a lot of this goes back to starting with sandboxing, but like now there's stuff where like. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. There's times where like all I want to do is a thing that seems so simple. Back on the in the day on a Mac, you would just drag your system folder somewhere and like that was it. Try not to have two because it gets really confused and all that stuff. But like then it got to where like, no, before you can install this, you need to drop into I guess kind of like recovery mode. Have you ever had to enter in your iCloud credentials to do anything? It's a weird it's a very weird thing when you have to do that. I have, yeah. I don't it's like very it. Weird. And so he had to fight that. I think he had to fight a lot of, you know, they, they, you know, Apple's, the way that you get these pop-ups, you feel like you're about to, like, take the door off your house, where it's like, are you sure you want to run this? You have to run this in this insecure mode. And where's the software from? But he had to deal with it. Now, you know, you can say, like, give this, act, grant this access to files and folders. But even when you do that, I think things are getting more deeply under the hood with Mac stuff, mm -hmm. where even somebody as smart as Dave uh, but anyway, I agree with you. And here's what's neat about car or about uh, Super Duper, in my opinion: shirt pocket software. Um, it just it just works straight out of the box. So you basically you get a pull. It's very like an old school Mac ass Mac. So you pull down on the left side. What do you want to back up? I want to back up Macintosh HD. What do you want to back that up to? In my case, I say to this APFS formatted SSD. 
but you can also say stuff like, do you want a sparse image? Do you want a sparse bundle? You know, depending on what's going to work for you. That's all. I think it's cool that you get all these options. You don't have to deal with that. But then it gets even better because you can go in and do exclusions and inclusions. So you can say in the same way that you would with Time Machine, similar to Time Machine, where you say on Time Machine, like, oh, like say, don't back up my Dropbox or don't back up this external drive, that kind of stuff. With SuperDuper, you can say like, mm, like for this particular saved thing that I'm doing, don't back up my iTunes library or, you know, the, any, and it knows stuff like don't worry about these caches get rid of those. Uh, but then it gets even cooler to me. So I used to be really good about offsite rotations oh, back when I had my toast, I had a toaster. Sure, hooked up. Sure. You know, I used to have one of those, it looks like a toaster and you put, you know, a naked drive in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The things you plug it in with Absolutely. USB and then, yeah, so you, you can, and uh, TJ Luoma actually made this really cool script, a very, I mean, admittedly better than I could ever do, but a very simple bash script that basically knew when super duper, it basically could do rotations for you. So it would know it would like to eject and do this and set this for the next one. And so you can really automate that kind of thing. Um, it required a little work back in the day, but you could do, I don't know. It was, it was a cron job or was it just in your profile? I don't know, but I like it a lot. So anyhow, I, Jumped the gun. I thought, okay, it's it's the release candidate. So I installed RC <laughs> RC one last week, and everything seemed to work great. And then when RC two came out, I installed that, and by that time it was you know coming up on Monday, and now Bob's your uncle. There you go. Um, so yeah, I'm up to date on everything, and um, it's a lot of nice changes. I was reading the uh, Ars Technica. I put it in notes, the Ars Technica uh, review, not by John Syracuse, but still very good. Um, and just looking through all the stuff. And the dude says, I don't want to say his name is maybe Cunningham. The dude says uh, right off the top, this is one of those talk releases. Like this is like, you know, like um, High Sierra or, you know, this is one of those in-between ones that may not have a huge number of new features, but it's very polished. The new stuff is great, but, you know, I think they're, tightening up a lot of, you know, loose ends, as he says, sort of around the edges. Um, I think it, it works pretty great. I still get some weird stuff. I've been having trouble lately. Sidecar is now, like, gone mm-hmm. and replaced by the thing under display that will also eventually include universal control. So I'm having trouble getting my iPad to come up consistently, but who knows? Could be pilot error. Um and I think the iOS and the macOS, I think they're strong releases. I feel good about it. Live text continues to be an utter game changer. One thing I had in notes that we almost definitely won't talk about is this tweet by John Dickerson talking about E.B. White. And it's just so easy to just say, okay, let's just go grab. So it's a, it's a not a screenshot, but it's a, I guess it's a screenshot. It's real easy with live text to just grab a bunch of text and put it somewhere. And it's really good. Admittedly, text lasso or whatever it's called is still probably technically better at it, but it's just, it's so amazing to have live text ubiquitously like on your phone. Have you used it much? Uh, no, but I've like, I noticed that the little uh, sort the of bracket thing comes icon. up. Yeah. 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 So um, apparently some uh, people sent me a cake and it was be trying, they were trying to deliver it and it's in the 80s out here. In uh, Central Texas, so I couldn't. I Somebody couldn't sent you a cake. Yeah, I got a cake now. Oh my god, that's so nice! My kid's getting a cake tonight. Tomorrow's her birthday. Nice. She's getting a cookie yeah, cake. She and I are 
celebrate together. We're replacing the Castro, and they said, you know, do you want a giant dick or vagina on this? And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you can get you can get you can get a, a chocolate vagina. <laughs> that's great. So yeah, it is it's called Hot Cookie. Check them out, Castro near Market. Um, congratulations, Dan. Yeah. Is it is it a kind of cake that you like? I know you're not a huge sugar guy. No, it's great. It looks beautiful. It's um, it says. I'll show you. I'll show you a picture. I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll make that the cover that. art. Then who knows? That would be perfect. Yeah. Dan, just so you all know, Dan's really picky about his cheat foods. <laughs> you know what? Dan's never going to have for cheat food corn. He thinks corn's one of the worst cheat foods. You said that's, that. I have corn. This corn's fine. I eat corn all the time. Yeah. I, here's your problem. Here's your problem. <laughs> you're weird. Uh-huh. That's your problem. That is my problem. Your second problem is I remember almost every weird thing you've ever said. Oh, you probably do. I should watch <clears throat> myself on this. Remember, remember when you said we were going to have that party in Austin, and you said you couldn't buy drinks because of your because uh, of your Buddhist practice. Remember that? Yeah, there was a and, long time where I was. I guess absolutely remember that. But you had your reasons. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And now you got a cake. So yeah. one of the so no, things no, that, no no penis no vagina. no uh, one of the things I noticed though about uh, the first thing I noticed and the, the main reason I so I put this Monterey I put this onto my MacBook Pro 16 inch the old uh-huh. one I can now say the old one because I don't have one of the fancy new ones I've got the old one and uh, the first thing I noticed is that there we have tabs back in Safari again <laughs> yeah in the in, in like a normal place. in a normal place they look normal they were mm-hmm. normal. <clears throat> Um, close button still kind of on the wrong side in my opinion, but, but the fact that the tabs now are not above the favorites bar as lozenges is a, they just look like tabs. Who knew? What's the opposite of a regression? (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I'm, so that made me happy, uh, you know, as a, I'm, as I have to kind of qualify things every time we talk about this, most of the software development that I do is in web frameworks, for example, something like uh, Ruby on Rails. And uh, inevitably, things change and break when you have these, for the most part, open source frameworks that mm-hmm. are in charge of uh, making making these apps. Is, is that something possible. like? Um, is that something like Node? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a fair way to think of it. Node is a is a, a JavaScript framework application framework you could call mm-hmm. it ruby on rails is a little bit different from that but yes you're thinking along the same the right lines it's it's <clears> from from it's a, a non-developer a, not, standpoint yes they're the same yes okay all right um it, it's how you it's one of your tools in the kitchen right like in that case that could be like a, a microwave or a, like it does a different it's a big part of i'm sorry i'm gonna stop talking no you're, you're right ahead. and one of the things that uh that's like Web developers, people who are designing web applications, which is most of what I do for in in my coding life, uh, you need a lot of you need this tall, very tall, very fragile tech <clears throat> stack in order to build one of these applications. <laughs> it's it's and they, they build on each other and they work together. Yeah, and, and they're all yeah. interconnected, and there's many many moving pieces that you need to. Yeah, like when, when I update these Homebrew. Things. I'm always amazed when I update Homebrew, like if I actually watch the text fly down the screen. Because yeah. I, I will use, I want something from Homebrew five, six times a year where I want to try something or I want to do something. And I'm like, it's, it's such a neat idea. How would you describe Homebrew? Homebrew is, again, it's sort of like what we're talking about. Homebrew is a way of getting various uh so merlin you remember when i used to write on hive logic and i used to write these long tutorials of like here's how to install mysql and the whole lamp stack yes so what what the the people who came around and made brew were really really smart the way that they did it is they they basically created a way for 
people to... And would you call it a package manager? Yeah, it is a package manager. They created a wonderful way for people who uh, don't want to read through these tutorials that I was writing, and they could just type one command, like brew install MySQL, and it will just install it for you, and it's smart. And, and it, the dependencies. Yeah, it, it handles all of the dependencies. It compiles it when it needs to be compiled. In some cases, it can be pre-compiled, and you can download the binary directly and save time. It's just a really wonderful system. They actually eventually rolled out a, the concept of a services manager so that if you want to start and stop something like a database server or something, you can do that with brew services, start, stop. Like it's just like we have in the server world, except it's there on your Mac, which of course makes sense because as I've talked about a billion times, the underpinnings for Mac OS is Unix. So we, it's essentially free BSD. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we get the benefits of all of that now with this wonderful package manager called homebrew. And it really is great, and it makes installing that stuff much, much easier. But inevitably, when a new operating system comes out, <laughs> there's always little issues and problems. Where actually, most of the stuff really did just work. But of course, I had to reinstall a bunch of things. And then there's some things that just don't work, and they don't work in ways that are mysterious. So before I put it on my From main development the command machine, line, command line stuff. Is, All is command line stuff. Yeah. Like if you're just okay. like a user and you just run <clears throat> Safari and Photoshop and, you know, mm -hmm. Outlook or whatever you do, whatever stuff you're doing, video editing, it's going to be fine. You're not going to notice any of this stuff. And I suspect if you're an, uh, an Apple type developer building Mac or iOS or iPad OS type applications, you're probably also fine because those are Apple's tools. And of course, they design them to be supported perfectly in the, or as close that they can get in the new operating <laughs> system. But when you're relying on this huge open source stack with all these little pieces and who knows which packages have been updated and maintained and how many people have gotten. And most developers that are building stuff like this they're probably like me, like, oh, I don't know if I should upgrade or not. So they're not like, you know, or maybe they are. Maybe they're all like the best possible people and they've got the development builds and they're rolling it out. And that's why so much <laughs> well, of this stuff I, works. Well, I heard a lot of rumblings, especially from friend of the show, Greg Tortoise. I've heard a lot of rumblings that Xcode was beyond dodgy for the last few weeks. Mm, not good. Have you heard that? Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, and so it also, and, but it's hard to identify what it is that's not working sometimes. Yeah. Because like, if you think <clears throat> about, if you think about this, um, okay. So like one thing that I noticed right away is, um, and, and these are like, these are like the little pond, as you say, ponderous little things mm. that happen. So for example, I'm, I primarily work on two different web applications and um, one of them, as soon as I, you know, got everything back up to speed, reinstalled some of the packages, got the new command line tools, recompiled a couple things with Homebrew, updated the recipes, etc. Um, then, you know, the one application works fine. It's just no, no change, nothing needed. The other one, though, no, it's just a blank, a blank web page when you go to it. Why? Well, there's nothing oh. in the logs about it. <clears throat> there's nothing that seems oh. to not be starting up. Uh, so the you know, will I fix it? Yeah, I just, now I have to spend an hour messing with it to find out why, what, what is the thing? There's no errors. So it's like, uh -huh. it's a mystery. So, you know, you'll figure it out. But that's kind of what I always dread about updating to an operating system. And I really do want it on the uh, M1 Mini, which has become my primary development and editing type machine. I do everything on that. The The MacBook Pro is, it's so much slower that it really doesn't. Huh. And that's the thing. I don't want to spend too much time because we've already spent enough time talking about the M1 chips. No. But it's like, huh. it, it's it's so significantly different and so much faster on the M1 
than it it has been on the MacBook Pro to the point where I don't even want to use the MacBook Pro anymore. It's just that it's that. And I have mm-hmm. not seen that big of a jump in performance since I went from a 486 to a Pentium. It's or a 386 to a Pentium. Like it's it's that a feeling night- of like when you first you get your first like solid state drive, right? Or you know you double your RAM yeah, one double day your, and you're yes, like yes, yes. Com- this is a completely different which thing. used to be RAM RAM ain't what it used to be, but time was back when it was forty bucks a meg back in my day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty costly to upgrade everybody in the office and like, but if you went from four megs of RAM to eight megs of RAM. I don't even remember what like, what, like an SE30 came with. But the SE30 I had, I don't know, my 816, I don't know. Probably less than I'd think. But boy, did that ever make a difference. And I've heard what you're saying. Um, so many people are say, have been saying this. And like to the point where it's almost mysteriously fast. It doesn't seem like it's the, possible. The it doesn't seem like yeah. it should be possible. Or that, like, like I, I, I still, I think I might have read this wrong or heard this wrong, but su- supposedly the new, new M1 X Pro, whatever it's called, like you get like an extra ten hours of battery life because of these efficiencies it's eking out. <laughs> I know, and like ten, it's ten hours crazy. in my mind is the Steve. That's the Steve Jobs number. Yeah, it is. That's the number that he would always claim for. I don't know, at least a decade. Like almost every device had this. It must have been an internal target was like, I need to go out on stage and say that you get 10 hours of battery life out of this. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. But like the idea of like even getting half again, if you got five more hours of battery life because of the efficiencies, that's crazy to me. It, it doesn't seem possible. And so do you have a, you're like a 2019 MacBook Pro? Yeah, let me see. It's in front of we me. We might now. have the same one. I had to fire it up yesterday. My, my kid, yep, 2019, PlayStation. is a 2.3 gigahertz yeah, core being... i9 with 16 gigs of Ooh. RAM in it. Oh, that's living. Yeah, I, I pulled out for the first. So I've got the M1 MacBook Pro. So I haven't used my 2019 MacBook Pro. And I pulled it out yesterday because my kid was... I cannot find any way for her to be able to play Sims on a Mac. And I think I'm losing my mind. Like, we even went to Steam. We went to all the places. Our PlayStation was being dodgy. And she wanted to try, like, some new things mm-hmm. in Sims that it's better on a PC, Yeah, you can't play it on a Mac. I got to add to get the Surface Pro for my, for my daughter set up so she could play the Sims on that thing. But, like, you know, that's a, whatever, two-year-old computer. But it was great. But, it, boy, it feels huge and so heavy. And, um, no, but those are, God, these are all, they're such good computers, all of them. Mm-hmm. But the new ones with the ports, boy, I kind of want that. I don't need it, but I really want it. I don't need it. I don't need it, Dan. I'm not going to buy it. I won't do it. I was. I thought you would have oh. had it already. I don't need it. I would have thought need it. Um, I bought, I, that uh, I Tim would have walked it over to you personally. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Eddie. He's been crashing on my couch. Um, <laughs> and so what do you what do you do now? How do you figure this out? Do you go to the Pearl Monks? Like how do you how do you figure was, out how to fix yeah, your missing pages? It's back back to the basics to the. Um, What's the Clarice line mm. you always like? First, first, first principles. principles Clarice. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> Quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. You know, start at the beginning, mm-hmm. you work your way up yeah, the stack. Draw, draw those pictures of Venice that you want outside your Figure window. Figure out what it is. Once I get that done, then I'll be able to put it on the M1, uh, and then we'll then I'll be in good shape. Then I'll get my tabs back, and I can leave Brave behind. Bye, Brave. Mm. But you know what I've noticed from being back in Brave for a little while, again, talking about web applications, is how weird Safari is about some things. Like if you've ever, I I think there's like maybe 10 people in our audience who are going to hear exactly what I say and know exactly what I'm talking about. And then the other, you know, everyone else is going to be like, what is he talking about this for? But there is a, 
if if you've ever designed with Bootstrap as the uh, HTML CSS framework, which we use mm-hmm. a lot because it it pretty Did much Twitter is that originally from Twitter? Correct. It came out of Twitter mm-hmm. and then it was it became its own thing. I don't know how involved the Twitter people are in it anymore. I don't follow that. But. No, but it's it's really cool. It's just basically a really easy way. Like it's got its all all of its own like sort of design language mm-hmm. and like you kind of know a Bootstrap site when when you see it, but in a good way. It's super clean and you don't have to go you know. You don't have to make your own ketchup to put up a website. And the designer that I'm working with is fantastic at scre- at um, skinning Bootstrap so that it it doesn't look like Bootstrap anymore. It's amazing what he's able to do. It. I'm so lucky to know him. Um, hey, CK. And part of the beauty of that is that any feature, if you do that right and in a compliant way with whatever their spec is, yeah, you can you can upgrade I mean, it, no problem. You'll be okay, and like the CSS will still look fine. You won't lose your IDs or something. Exactly. And so, <clears throat> you know, building stuff in in that is wonderful. But there's a thing when you have uh, a select box, which is a little drop down, as lay people would call it, the drop downs. They are, look completely wrong in Safari when styled by Bootstrap, and Bootstrap can't really like get to them. They look wonderful everywhere else, and there's That's especially odd. when you're implementing it with Rails. There's extra things that you need to do, and extra classes you need to apply, and it's like these little tiny things that are just that make you know one of the things I think that uh, web developers probably look at people who build native apps with a little side-eye kind of jealousy thing happening is, you know, you really do have that kind of pixel-perfect control over the application that you're building. If you're building it yourself mm-hmm. and compiling it and all of that stuff, you really can control that experience perfectly. Because you, you understand so much about... You're talking about iOS, right? Uh, iOS or macOS. I mean, you really... You know, when you're like, building you know, something fr- on the web, you don't know what browser they're going to use. Listening to Marco... I. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm getting so bad about interrupting, and I really need to work on it. Hearing Marco talk about this, uh, the frustrations, there's certain things that like are very frustrating for developers, and like you have to target all these different, not all these different sizes, but that's part of the beauty, is you're not making it... I mean, again, I'm talking out of my ass a little bit, but when you're doing this for Android, there's so many different kinds of devices, and it seems like you would have to do much more what I will call um, relative stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when you and I put in like an Imgur image i just stole what you do and added like figure stuff to it Mm -hmm. but like the old trick in the post tables age was (laughs) (laughs) thank you post tables age i like the post please capture that in the post tables age thank you jeffrey zeldman is uh i think that's my phrase but that was his work he got us out of the table bracket um but you can do something like say a great trick is uh img um you know height height equals asterisk width equals 100 percent and i i've been out of this game for a very long time but i think what that says is hey height don't worry about it worry about the width proportionally change the height to match whatever 100 percent of the width of the bounding element is so if this bounding element whatever it doesn't matter like you just put in a photo a high resolution photo and it will resize that you know that that sort of stuff but if you're doing that, I bet when you're doing that for a phone, you get to be much more specific, or even a Mac, I guess, much more specific about that. With the web, I mean, even in an age of better standards, it's because in the standards, I mean, this again, I'm just spewing, you know, Zeldman circa 2002, but it seems like part of the beauty of that standards compliant design is like it opened up a whole new world of functionality for stuff like JavaScript in particular, where like the way that you can associate JavaScript 
actions with elements in HTML. You could not have done that anywhere near as efficiently, even with early JavaScript. Oh, here's your clock. The Olympics, the Olympics starts in you know two years right. or whatever. But usually you'd hit a button and then the action associated with that button would do a JavaScript thing. But in the whole like web 2.0 era, isn't it fair to say we could not have gotten anywhere like where we've gotten without having sensible standards compliant HTML. Oh yeah, and that's what makes all this possible. I mean the nightmare, the nightmare. Wait, I mean the hacks, but Dan the hacks, the hacks, the hacks. <sighs> the stuff that we used to do, the stuff I would have to do, no matter what I did, you know, who was it? Maybe it was either Thomas Edison or Bill Gates. The first ninety percent of work is in like that, you know, the first ninety percent and the second ninety percent is that last ten percent. Whatever I did, then I had to go back and change a bunch of stuff to make it look good on my boss's Internet Explorer for Windows. So the sizes would be so wackadoo. And are we going to do points or are we going to do pixels or are we going to do M's? You know, that all of that used to be, basically it was like trying to make lunch out of old soup. So you just go through and pick out the parts of the soup that you want and hope that it's not rotten. Like it was just such the wild west. And then after the Zeldman era, other people, so he, we but, didn't, we don't have to. He was our, our John the Baptist. He was. And that's why, why he was beheaded, and I'm sorry to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, land of milk and honey is what I'm trying to say. So you're in there. <laughs> You've got elements and percentages and declarations and nodes. And, oh, and your web rig. You've got to restart your web rig. Yeah, you've got to restart the web rig. <laughs> you got to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> no, no. I will. So asshole. you know that we've got we've got that that happened. That's kind of neat. I mean, I guess I have the new iOS stuff, but we've had that um, Apple Watch thing. I you know I I think I figured out the one that I wanted to get. Um, handing handing mine down, current one down to my kid who's on board oh, good. with it. You know, we <clears throat> talked a lot about the benefits of it. Um, you and I did, especially for someone with ADD, which is you and my son. And I was thinking about how that might uh, help him in his life. And so I have some questions for you because... Oh, 100%. As much as yeah, it, what we talked about is like, it's just, if you get it set up right, mm-hmm. and boy, is that ever important. Um, you know, like, for example, like, since the beginning, I have almost always... I should talk about this at some point. Since the beginning, I've almost always just left my watch at... In particular, mirror the same notifications that I get on my phone. So my, when something happens on my phone, if it can be done on my watch, do it on my watch. And like my feeling about that, my feeling about a lot of notification stuff is really changing. Mm-hmm. As I realize more and more of these things that pile up that I just never look at and just creates noise, literally sometimes. And like a, a lot of that feeling has changed. And now I do feel like if you're going to really wear a watch or give it to a kid where you would like to introduce structure rather than noise, I mean, the worst case in some ways would be like, what if, you're, what if you give your kid this watch and it just starts beeping all the time for inconsequential stuff when really you just want to, right? I mean, you want to like introduce some light structure, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like the 10 till the hour stand warning can be kind of handy. That's become to me the new version of a chime on the hour. It used to be in uh, on a Mac. God, it was such a big deal. These apps you could get that would do stuff. Oh man, what was the one I had? I had the little tear off calendar look. It was so cool, and it could do a chime at the top of the hour, and you could pick what the sound was. I mean, you know, I turned off a lot of stuff during COVID 
It's why I'm getting, I'm starting to look like the approximately the shape of a lemon because <laughs> I don't move anymore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I already, I already used up all the, all the candy uh, people's gave us to eat forever because I wanted to make hideous, uh, clones of myself. But, um, but uh, but uh, I did turn off a lot of stand goal stuff. But the ten till the hour stand thing—it's kind of funny if you're on a plane or you're in a nerd meeting and everybody's watch goes off exactly the same time because it's ten till the hour and time to stand. I mean, I, the tone at the top of the hour is handy, but the tone at ten till the hour can be just as handy, and it's got a functional component, as you say, mm. which is to remind you to stand up and walk around a little bit. That's exactly the kind of little bits of structure. Now, on the other hand, I love the new mindfulness meditations on the watch the lightweight mindfulness meditations Do you? i turned that off after a couple well, days well but you know it. what i turn off is the like i've been doing do mindfulness do? meditation for 15 years i know i know, I know when to, to but that, focus. that's why I'm, that's why i'm saying that's this is this is the, uh, a similar kind of thing that i don't do yeah which is i don't want my thing beeping at me all the time for something i never do mm-hmm. now now this is what separates me from you the men uh, from the boys know, well, from all the snorks, you know, as y'all out there got all this stuff beeping and you never do anything about it. Well, if I'm getting a beep and I don't, I don't want to, or better still, I won't do something about right. it, why would I let it continue beeping? That's madness. That is absolutely crazy. So in my case, like, if I'll, I'll do them, like, if sometimes I'll, you know, take a nap in the afternoon, not as much as I would like, but I might do a little, like, gratitude, med- they do these nice little gratitude meditations and stuff, you know, concentrate on the last time that somebody did something uh, really nice for you, that kind of thing, which I really am interested in and believe, and not strictly meta, but, like, still, you know, like they say, it's hard, it's hard to be angry and sullen and terrible if you're feeling grateful. Right. Go help somebody and you'll, your mood will elevate. That's right. Or you can bite a, pe- bite a pencil with your back, back teeth to, uh, to, uh, to generate a Duchenne smile, although there's some discussion of whether that actually works. Anyway, I agree with you. So you go into this. You've got your old watch. We've talked about you doing the I'm going to set this up for a family member thing. What goes into your thinking and how you set this up in a way, or no, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. Go, go right ahead with whatever you were saying. But I am curious about how you decide what, what to do to, to accomplish what you and he would like. Well, I mean, that's part of what I was, um, was hoping you might be able to share a little bit about. I have no, apparently you can use your iOS device to set up a watch for someone else somehow. Yes. Or do I pair it to an iPad? I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah, I mean, it's, I heard, I believe Jason Snell said he set one up for his daughter, um, who, if memory serves, is in college. So, like, in her absence, he set this thing up with some degree of confidence. I love that. I mean, it's it maybe some ways, I'm, I'm making this sound like it's easier than it is, but, like, we've come so far with this, hey, can I help you out with your new thing angle, right, with, mm-hmm. with Apple stuff. So migration assistant, which used to be kind of dodgy, is in my opinion now very good. The connection that you make between two things is still really dodgy, mm. and like it's difficult to get the connection you want. Like if you do um, Ethernet to Ethernet, FireWire to FireWire, like or not or um, like Thunderbolt to Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. it's it's it may still decide that it wants to do it over Wi-Fi, but that's come so far. What about the thing to set up a HomePod? All you do is shoot your when you're you know to identify that that is your phone and your ipod it's so clever it's their their version of a, a pretty galaxy vision of a qr code you just shoot that noise that it creates at the top of your home mm-hmm. it goes okay looks like that's you do you want to have your settings move over there yeah i really super do we'll just keep this nearby and we'll do this for you i feel like that stuff has come so far 
And, you know, honestly, the next generation, whether it's for kids or for older relatives, the ability to create something or set something up on their behalf, I think is pretty huge. Because to Apple has always struggled with is too strong a word, but always had to face this problem of, you know, hey, a long time ago, probably Steve Jobs says it just works. But to get to it just works, there's a lot of actual computer stuff going on. And you don't need to be super close to the metal to set that up, but it does help a lot to understand what computer stuff, let's put it this way. If everything worked flawlessly, we wouldn't need to think about this, but there's stuff that needs to be done. Like, for example, yesterday, my kid just loves, she needles me so hard. She hates anything voice related. She will not use Siri for anything. And she hates it when I do. That is very, so that I'll is say, very Zoomer though of her. Oh, there's, she just, you should see, and now she just does it to needle me. Like she'll go into <laughs> Plex and she does the equivalent of I'm clicking, I'm clicking and I go left and I go up and I go up and I go to search and I click. It's always sunny. I'm like, honey, just use your mouth words. It will find it for you. And she's like, no, no, no. I hate that. So like yesterday, I pulled out a Mac that I had not even turned on for six months and got it fired up, got it, you know, got it charged. She, of course, has an account on all of these. And, uh, but I couldn't give her, I was like, could you please sign into iCloud? Because you'll, you'll get all your stuff. She's like, no, I don't need all of that. I said, <sighs> she's doing things with the PlayStation account. Because she's, she's determined that she can download Sims 4 from the PlayStation account. And I said, honey, I'm pretty sure when you hit download, it's just sending that to the PlayStation that's being weird right now. She's like, and she keeps saying over and over, I don't know. It seems like it should work on a Mac. And I said, I don't think it will. We get her, so she creates a Steam account. She does all of these things. And she, you know, she's, she's got good passwords, especially for a kid. Her friends make fun of her because of her passwords. But I'm like, look, anything you save right now on the Mac will, will not be saved into your keychain that's synced across. Please, please enjoy the magic. Please appreciate that, like your entire magic. web history. Enjoy the magic. And like everything will be synced together. And like, I just cannot imagine going, it's like we talk about Dan, like what iCloud, one password, text expander, maybe Dropbox, but we've all got these things where we're like, well, that's my open source web stack is like, that's my lamp. My lamp is like, you know, launch bar is going to go on there pretty early because it's a lot more than a launcher for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, all this, we all have this set of stuff. And to like watch somebody else wandering around on a new computer without configuring iCloud is mental to me. Right. And, you know, but well, so what does all that matter? Well, it matters because we know why that matters and we know why that's a best practice, even if I do not have a specific reason to do it here. Right. There's best practices just in the world that you learn as an adult. Like you've learned how to close the door behind you and probably lock it at night. You've learned that nobody's going to bust your tray for you at the food court. You need to take care of that. Now, there are people who don't, but those are all like just best practices. Why do I have to clean up my tray? Because you're an adult. Why do I have to sign into iCloud? Because you're an adult. Like you do these certain things to get everything in motion. Now, we, at least I, know that. And it's like in my bones that there's certain kinds of things you do and don't do. It's still, it's taken years for me to learn that I don't have to save lots of times on a Mac. And it still feels weird to me, especially since, you know, uh, the first time I ever got paid to do a typing job, I typed my friend Jim's bio paper 
which is like an eight or 10 page paper. I wanted to see how much money I was going to make. So I hit select all accidentally hit delete and I hadn't learned command Z yet. Well, you know, command Z is really good to learn. How did I learn that (laughs) the hard way? Now, does your mom or your kid have to know that kind of whose job is it to put that in front of this? We all assume that because we're fairly conversant with using these devices, everybody else will understand that. No, you need to set this up. Back to great advice from John Syracuse that I learned too late. If you got your kid a console game for Christmas, you know, the day to not be setting that up, you don't want to be setting that up at 10 a.m. on December 25th. Because you're, given how many people are doing the same thing at that time, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to do a single thing. And then all the updates. Spider-Man's big. Spider-Man's really big. It takes a long time for that to download. First, you got to get the, you do that before. So your kid gets to open the gift and pull it out and start playing rather than the PlayStation just being a, a chore box yeah. for the next two days. Yeah. And I think that's what, what you're talking about here is like, how do you optimally set this up in a way that your kid never knew that somebody set it up for Right. Him? I just want it to be seamless. I just want it to flow. I want him to feel also. And the other thing is, I know that he gets one of the big things that we're working on with him right now is there's a disconnect between the homework that he's doing and what's actually due. And if you asked him, he has no homework. And if you ask the teacher, he has some homework. And Oh God. So he's in this no man's land where the ADHD just wander for years. Yeah. And he's like, this is the one I'd like to be working on. Well, that's not what's due. Right. Or I'm not working on anything because nothing is due, but in fact, a lot is due. Um, <laughs> it's not due yet. <laughs> right. It's not due yet. I can do it when I get to school is not, you know, the best answer. So, you know, helping him with like being able to set little reminders and other things like that, that might say this thing is, is coming up just a reminder about it, you know, and, and get, because like I've tried, he is surprised he likes technology. And so for, you know, the idea of him writing something down when it's due, like in a notebook, even if it's a cool field notes notebook that says Mm. Philadelphia on it, he's still not, into that you know he he's like that it, it took me it took me dan there's a reason 43 folders exists existed which is that like there were so many things i someday i'll do a whole bit on this and this might go in the wisdom document it's difficult to explain to young people because we're old and no one cares it's difficult to explain to young people that youth is the anomaly title R- right youth is the anomaly it feels like because you've never if you're uh let's say 14 right um, which my kid turns tomorrow. If you're 14, you've never been anything but young and you don't even need a word for right. it. It's like, you know, this is water. Like youth is water. You've never known anything else. And what's difficult to understand is like once you're past even say 18, 20, 25, um, a lot of the stuff you just assume would always be a certain way that you assume that my, obviously, you know, my grandmother is weird and has moles probably because of original sin, like, why, why are old people so gross? Well, because they're not young, and youth is the anomaly. Your ability to encode and recall, your ability to synthesize information, um, you write, and you're, as Evil Knievel would say, you're burning nitro. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're a kid, that's not difficult. And you can make connections, and you can, you can remember names and all those things. And, I mean, this is a funny bit, I guess, or like a, a tired bit, but it's difficult to accept before you get to the point of absolutely needing it, it's difficult to accept that you are going to need compensatory muscles that you don't have right now. 
And the whole act of even just, not just writing something down, but remembering to write something down. Like, this is not a bit. Jokes have left the room. Remembering that it's beneficial to you to write something down, and I don't care what you write it in. I write it in this stupid, what is this called? This uh, uh, Cambridge 96-sheet action planner notebook that I swear by. Write it down. And because if I don't, I'll forget it. If I don't, it literally won't exist. But Dan, did I realize that when I was 12, 15, 21, and every single thing I turned in was late or crappy? Because mm-hmm. th- then I get to be the hero and go, oh, yeah, I still got a whatever. I got a B plus on this thing and I didn't even try. Well, you know, fat, dumb, and forgetful is no way to go through life, son. It's like, and he's probably at an age where, in addition to, it sounds like you're saying, if I could say ADHD, it's difficult to put those pieces together until you start doing it. And again, this is where the hipster PDA comes from. It's just because I, I need a place to put this, you know? That single practice of writing something down has so many benefits. Now, then you get to the next level stuff of like, on the one hand, how do I turn that into something that reminds me that the written down thing needs to happen? Or how do I ensure that this goes to my wife and I say, oh, I forgot to put out the Wes Anderson book that you need to wrap for her birthday. Mm-hmm. That's here in the closet. Or the cookie cake arrives tonight. No penis, no vagina. The cookie cake arrives tonight from Hot Cuck. Cook, hot Cuck. Ooh, Freudian Blitz, mm. everybody out of the pool. Wow. In, in um, Hot Hot cookie arrives tonight between four and six. How do I know that? <laughs> sound like Yasurian. Because I wrote it down. <laughs> How do I know the lines? They were given to me. But you won't have them on the day. Surian, 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 Surian. Um, and so what you're, I think what you're, it sounds like what you're trying to do is something similar, which is like, hey, let me give you some, uh, let me, I bet it's a little of both. On the one hand, I bet it's the watch talking to him to say, here's a little structure, buddy. And I bet at some point, if you're fortunate, it will also turn into maybe that becomes a button for drafts. Right. That would be so good for him. Yes. To just have a drafts is, I mean, obviously, I am so in the bag for drafts, but you can also use voice memos. But there's something peculiarly mm, contemporary, even futuristic, about having the drafts button on your watch. And guess what happens? You click it. You hit the microphone and start talking. Guess what? You just created a new one-sentence file in drafts that's totally searchable. That's incredibly powerful. Like, do you guys know that you have Shazam in Control Center? Did you guys know that? Like, I don't know if you know that. Shazam is a thing where, like, you're sitting in the fern bar, and you start hearing a song, and you hit the Shazam button. It says, okay, that's Dr. Wu by Steely Dan. And you go, oh, that's cool. And then you can go and look it up. And actually, I think the Control Center version is bad at this. But the idea is, I found out what that song is. Now I know. You can't lie to yourself about what Shazam says. If you liked the song, you're not allowed to go, oh, I can't believe that's Ed Sheeran. You know, because yeah. cause the watch doesn't lie. Um, but that ability to pull down from Control Center, I use this all the time, pull down from Control Center, hit the Shazam button, and it tells me what it is. Now, anybody out there who's used Shazam or whatever is going to go, yeah, well, big deal. Yeah, but it's the remembering to remember. It's knowing what you know. It's access to the things to which you have access. And those synaptic connections will not come to most neurotypical people easily. And it can come very hard. For people with any kind of a learning cognition, you know, whatever situation. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at prompts to give him structure and maybe rewards, probably. Yeah. And maybe, would you like to eventually have it be something for quick capture? Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. 
Well, it becomes the, his field notes mm-hmm. now becomes his watch. Right. Well, I mean, I, ha- I have a field notes. I even have a case for my field notes. Um, big fan. But like the idea is like, I mean, I, Dan, you would not believe. Well, actually you would. The Rube Goldberg device in which I live. Title. Which includes me buying sheets of contact paper, whiteboard paper. Right, so you can buy these sheets from the uh, the uh, Washington Fulfillment Company. You can buy these rolls of what looks like contact paper, like your you know your grandmother would put in the drawers, put in her drawers, <laughs> contact in the drawers. Uh, you just cut off a piece of this and you stick it on a wall, and now you got a whiteboard. And guess where I put those? Damn, where do I put trash cans? I put trash cans wherever my right hand wants to release a piece of trash. This is my environment, right? I, well, I'm in my Node.js, which go. is my office right. that I get to run my way. And I have garbage cans deployed anywhere my right hand likes to drop a piece of trash. And now I've also added whiteboard sheets anywhere I remember something stupid that the, the, the voice dingus may not get right. So I can look over here, damp rid, wisdom, finish office dishes, uh, send my shrink, my sleep data. That's all on my, on my bathroom door right now because that's where I remembered it. And I, and I know that that becomes an inbox that I can then go to. Now, what kind of insane person would do that? Well, it's the same kind of insane person that buys reading glasses or gets one of those remotes with giant buttons on it. Because you will eventually have to make accommodations. You have to realize and accept and operationalize the idea that accommodations are not just needed for all those old and disabled people, quote unquote. Like, we all need it. So you can get good at it now or you can get good at it later. And once you're lemon-shaped, it's really hard to run a marathon. Like, why not get in front of that and start developing these habits that support your cognition and open up beautiful amounts of very long, clear runway for you to do stuff that isn't fretting about what you forgot? Dang. The reward thing is cool, though, and I don't know what that means yet. I was going to say, how, do you, how does that work? Well, think about this. Anybody out there... In the productivity porn Is world, a way Have to make ever... the watch like sort of shock him if he doesn't do his homework. We had a challenge on Dubai Friday where we bought watches, and you can you could get shocks. It's to get you to stop smoking or biting your yeah, nails. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to like. It to be you could send really him a shock. Painful. You could basically say straighten up. No, painful is too wake strong. Wake him word. up. You know, do your homework. No, it's like a stress Zzz. position. No, it's, I... it's uh, the UN would approve. Yeah. I think the 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 the, the blue helmets. Is that what they are? Um, the reason I say that though is anybody out there in the productivity porn world, have you ever done this thing where you're getting a lot done and you feel good, you got some momentum? Do you ever write down a task that you just finished and then tick it off? Yes. That's so crazy. I love that. Why would because you do that? Because it's for the record. It's for the record. Well, and if you do a program, what do they call it? A programmer's log or like you got an engineering notebook maybe. And I know engineering notebooks are special for like, you know. IP reasons. Like you have, there's all kinds of rules about making sure you use this notebook just for this one kind of thing. Right. But I'm talking here about somewhere between a memo pad and a commonplace book. And so like, for example, <laughs> right now I'm holding up this, this, the top piece of paper. And I'll, so what I'll do is like, I'll do a bunch of stuff and then I'll, I'll tear off sheets. If it's stuff that like is not in the current stack and I'll return to those usually within a day or so. And luckily most of them are dead, but home kit cock up first thing on the list, home kit cock-up. There's been some kind of a cock-up with my Philips Hue lights. Mm. And when my family goes out of town for the night, I am going to explode my Philips Hue and start completely over. Something I would never do when they're at home. And you can start to see the symphony. Can you hear the violins tuning up? This is where everything starts to come together. The calendar tells me my family's out of town for one night. Okay. 
Merlin, who suffers greatly from ADHD, knows to look at that and say, and then what? My family's out of town for a night. Okay, and then what? Well, you know, that means I get to watch the movies that I want to watch without them, you know, being there. Uh, but I also get to do the kind of stuff that drives them crazy. That means, that clues me to say, oh, this is my time to season the cast iron pans because they hate when the house gets stinky from the pans. This is the time to blow up the smart lights because, boy, am I going to hear about it. The hue switches have not been working because of the cock up. I'm going to fix all of that. And how do I know that? <laughs> it's been written down for me. The calendar says here are the things. The list of mosquito tasks comes up. I know all the things that I need to work on, especially contextually in a context way, in a David Allen way, like when they're not there. Um, but that does not come naturally to almost anybody. And because youth is the anomaly, you spend a lot of your most interesting and creative years just jumping from lily pad to lily pad, listening to Bon Jovi or whatever. <laughs> that habit is good to get in there early. But also you learn, okay, is it stupid that I just wrote that down and crossed it off? It might be stupid to somebody else, in which case they shouldn't do mm -hmm. it. But there's something very satisfying about that. There's something, I have to say, it can be very satisfying for your watch to bloop at you at 10 till the hour, and you stand up. And then it says, here's your rings. Your rings say, you're a good boy. You, do, you got all your stand rings, you got your movement rings, you got your exercise rings, and you know then you can go kind of next level with it and say like, oh, I did the February challenge, and I did that. We're all motivated in different ways, but if you could figure out a way to give your pigeon boy a little pellet, I think that could make it more engaging. I don't know what that is exactly. Probably not money, but something where it says, you know, hey, you've been doing this thing for this long, and maybe you could bring in something like timery or something like that. But some way of like doing time tracking or something that gives him a nudge to make the right thing the easy thing, and then gives him a reward for having done that thing according to whatever the spec was. I, I bet, would that be good, do you think? I think it'd be excellent. I think this is exactly right. Think about this. Um, writing projects, one of the most, it's admittedly sort of primitive, but very effective ways. I'm, I've been playing a lot with Ulysses um, because uh, I've come across a ton of stuff. I've been thinking about publishing something. Ulysses. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's what, just the general super pattern here is I've been thinking about, it's been a while since I've looked at stuff. Like I was looking at MK Docs. I've been looking at Jekyll. I've been looking at all these different ways of, you know, slightly more modern ways of doing publishing. And um, my friend Alex sent me a bunch of really good links for basically, there's a thing on Sweet Setup, there's a thing in several places, but basically it's this idea that like, you know, you can do your blog with Ulysses. Like you can type on your phone and if it's in this particular sheet in this particular collection that can just, you can post that and your Jekyll site will spit that out again, you know, small pieces loosely joined, but you can also publish a book. You can like push out an EPUB. So like I opened Scrivener the other day for this project and I was, it took me about an hour and a half to go, oh, I remember why I shouldn't be using this yet. Like this is, I'm trying to wrap presents I haven't bought yet. Like, I need to get out of Scrivener. I need to put my head down, do a bunch of stuff in a text file. I've learned my lesson kind of from this. If you're sitting there trying to figure out how to unpalatino and unindent, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not even done, dude. Like, you got nothing, right? And so I'm very interested in the idea, though, like here of like uh, Ulysses alongside stuff like Jekyll and there's some other stuff and shortcuts, I believe, that you can like, post to like a blog somewhere. Like, I think that's very cool. 
All these apps, the Ulysses-like apps made for writing, what do they have? They got a word count. Like in some places, you open up, open it up and marked. Marked will mark two by a friend of the show, Brett Terpstra. It'll tell you, hey, this link's not valid. Right. Or, hey, like all of these things, I can copy that code out. I do that every single Monday that we record for Roderick on the line. I do all my writing in MV Alt that gets, um, that gets uh, previewed into beautiful HTML that I, with a CSS sheet that I made. That all gets prettied up the in system. Marked. You work. Say, this is a workflow you're describing. It's piece, small pieces loosely joined. Command U. Go and select everything here. Go to Squarespace. Paste it in into the raw HTML. And like it all just works. But that word count, now that's not going to motivate everybody. I've known people in life. I think about people like Jesse Thorne, who I remember famously is he's so much more into deadlines than I am. There are people like maybe journalists who like deadlines are in their bones and deadlines are real. And I'm like, eh, deadline, schmedline, you know? I'm not motivated by that. I am more motivated, and I'm not even as motivated by word count. You know, what I'm motivated by, if I am doing writing in that instance, is, and Kindle does this poorly, but I like, what's my streak? It's not, did I write 5,000 words today? Because that would be great. But it is, have I done at least a, a paragraph or five every day? And Dan, these are computers. Yes. Computers are based on, math, on maths. Mm-hmm. And you can use maths to th- say things like, hey, why don't you spend, you don't even have to say it, like, uh, I'm going to give you the, the reveal in a second, but if you're trying to do a writing project, what if you got a prompt that just says, hey, why don't you write three sentences about gratitude? Or why don't you write three sentences about task management? Something more specific. We follow. Yeah. Now, w- how would that be derived? That would be derived from, with maths, that could be derived from your corpus of what you've written. It could be the things that you write most vividly about. You could have a top three list in a separate text file that's the three ideas you're most excited about. And it would not be surpassingly difficult to use some pipes and wires to have that spit out a warning, or not a warning, spit out a a prompt at some point to say, hey, would you want to focus for a few minutes on this? And again, if you introduce stuff like, again, my friend Alex swears by time tracking. I know people who are time tracking is, it's not just a pseudo OCD thing. It becomes part of their whole process is like quantifying how they spent their time and making changes. There's so many different ways to motivate a human or to discourage a human. And our job is to figure out how to do more encouragement rather than discouraging and to use the right maths on all these devices and all the right pipes and wires to facilitate a prompt that will help you do the thing you want to do and be the person that you want to be. And it strikes me that that's, you might, your first step might be almost like a sheet of paper or a mind map to like, what gets Cash excited? What motivates him? What, what bums his head? You know, like there's that parent thing that my wife and I've tried so hard to stop doing the classic is whenever your kid's vulnerable and embarrassed, that's not the time to give them a lecture, even though it feels right. like it. Well, if you brushed your teeth more, you wouldn't be a pirate or whatever. That's not the time to do that. Like you learn the times that you have something to offer that builds on a success rather than adding something that amplifies a failure. And using maths, you should be able to do something like that with a watch and then just see how it goes and, and track it all. Prompts. Is part of it like doing things at a certain time? What are the kinds, if you could say without being too personal, what are the sort of things that you and potentially he would like to 
work on? Are there things you can identify? Yeah, I mean... I'll, I think you just need... Okay, I'll, I'll start. I'll start by confessing one that you just nailed that not only is a thousand percent me, but it's 80% my kid, which is it's not due yet. Like the classic is like, because again, ADHD, my dopamine's down here until it's past due. And then my dopamine and my dumb system gets high enough that I get motivated to do the thing. And more is the pity because that's, if you don't have procrastination, you won't understand. You've probably got pretty good dopamine and a rowing machine, but I'm not like that. So how do I gently say, how do I take to in the sort of now habit way? How do I remove all the risk and scariness from this and just say, hey, here's a thing you're kind of good at and like to do. Maybe you should work on that. Do one, do one of your math problems now. Do one, is it that kind of thing? Is it being on time? Is it awareness of the passage of time? What are the things where structure would be useful? It, it definitely has to do with the passage of time, especially um, regarding just kind of keeping him away. It's... I think it's easy for him to lose track of time when he's doing different things. I, I think that's probably pretty common for ADD people. That, that's my primary, my primary garden variety ADHD, as I've said a thousand times. It's not that I do online gambling or cheat on my wife or do any wackadoo stuff. <clears throat> my, my incredibly boring garden variety of ADHD is I do not lack the ability to focus on things. What I need to work on is the executive uh, function to stay focused on the thing that I need to or want to be working on. And that can be, well, it's trickier for me probably than it is for you. But like we each have a thing like that. It's just that with me, it's like I could, as I say to Roderick sometimes, he and I could spend all day just tagging MP3s. I could just spend all day in music brains trying to get one collection right. I made, I made a, I, I stole a, a record from my friend called Celebrities at Their Worst, a favorite record of my 20s. <clears throat> and you would not believe how long I spent in Music Brains trying to get the two volumes for CD, Celebrities at Their Worst, with exactly the right metadata and art. And, and what do we know from the first five episodes? What do you yell? According to the first five episodes, you yell, out of scope! You catch yourself, you yell, out of scope, and you gently incline yourself back to what you'd like to be doing. Is it... Is it that kind of thing where, like, he gets, like you said, maybe he's working on a thing that's schoolwork related, but he kind of loses the thread a little bit. You know, I and think it's the opposite. Like, I think when when he is actually working on something, he is pretty good at staying on task with it, especially if it's something that he has even a modest interest in. But I think the problem is sort of like knowing when to start on that. You know, like knowing when to right. when that that's that takes so it takes so long to get good at that. Yeah, like like oh it you know for me I don't have this particular problem. So I can look and I can say, oh it's you know it's nine fifty five. Uh I've got a call at ten. I better stop what I'm doing. And there's something mm -hmm. inside of me that is very good at knowing what time it is. I will often now that I'm saying that I can do this, people will ask me and I I I will fail. But until I said this, I've always been almost uncanny at knowing what time it is without looking at a clock. Down usually Me too. within Me too. a minute. I've got, I've got in my within three minutes. Yeah. I've got it in my bones, and I don't. know I why. don't know why either. But like, I'm good at that. But I find that like that's a struggle for him. Is I can say, hey, here's a 15 minute warning in 15 right. minutes. Like, does it does he even know like what hour it right. is? Right, we've got to walk out the door <laughs> in 15 minutes. So I'm telling you now, it's 15 minutes. That should be enough time mm -hmm. if you need to, you know, you want to put on some uh, different shirt, you want to put on your shoes and socks, you need to go to the bathroom, you're going to drink a water, whatever it is that you need to do, finish, save your game, get to All a save, the checkpoint, takes, whatever it is. Those things take, each of those things takes so much 
I don't want to say just longer. Those take an unknown amount of time that is greater than your son is aware of. That's, that's the key. It's not just that. It's easy enough to say that, is it Hofstetter or whoever says, you know, everything, Hofstetter's law, everything you do takes longer than you think, even if you're thinking about Hofstetter's law. Right. Everything always takes longer than you think. And it's not just that it takes a long time. It's that sometimes you have an indeterminate amount of time, but does not mitigate your need to prepare for that. Like, if you know it's raining and you have to be somewhere at a certain time, you still need to plan for a flat tire. Mm. Are you kidding me, Grandpa? No, trust me. The worst case scenario... Merlin, the one time that I was going to the airport and I was getting a ride to the airport, with, I actually took a cab to the airport. This was a long time ago. And I was, yeah. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to be the guy that shows up to the airport two hours. I'm going to time it exactly. Runner. You're going to just walk on the plane. Just walk, just walk on, the plane. on the plane. I'm going to walk on yep. the plane. So it, it was like an early morning flight and I did, had everything timed so I could just do a Roderick walk on the, on the plane. And I'm sitting there. We're dri- As the door is closing, you slip in sideways. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and so we're driving out, we're driving and it's early morning and we're going, and, and the guy's driving the taxi and I hear this little sound. It goes, Pew, and it goes, Pew. Oh no. <gasps> you could hear that sound inside the cab. And then the cab starts shaking violently and the driver oh doesn't even, it's like he hasn't, he's not in the same cab with me. None of this is happening for him. It's just, I'm the only one who's like hearing it. And I'm like, do we have a flat tire or something? And he's like, something. And <laughs> Don't make me tap the side. And he like, he like slowly pulls off to the side of the road and we're on like the interstate at this point. And he, he just looks, he goes outside, he comes back, he's like, you're right. There is a. Fl- I'm like, yeah. I could tell by the way that the cab was violently shaking at 80 miles an hour. He's like, yeah. We're. I'm gonna have to try and change it. I'm like, could you call out another cab because me? He's like, I think I got this. He's out there for 15 minutes, and he's like, yeah. There's a problem with the spare. <laughs> he's no. He's no Darren McGavin. No. And I. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, maybe you should call another cab. Cause I have a flight and I don't have that much time. He's like, well, didn't you allow yourself two hours ahead? He actually said that to me. So I, you know, like I get planning for those kinds of things, but like, that's the kind of thing that I would like. And I, 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 or even just being able to set a timer, just going to that little timers app and having like a five minute, a 10 minute, a 15 minute. I could say to him, Hey, we got 15 minutes. He could tap it and be warned, you know? What I used to call the procrastination dash, which is now popularly known as the Pomodoro. <laughs> but like the whole idea of the original, what I called the procrastination dash, it started as one thing and then kind of built to a bigger thing. But the idea is there's something that you've been putting off. Like, let's say, the, I think my example was something like cleaning out the garage. Just set a, set a timer for 20 minutes. And then you say to yourself, using your, your slow-thinking brain, your slow-thinking Daniel Kahneman brain, you say to yourself, I can handle almost anything for 20 minutes. And I can certainly handle... You know, one so one version is the time-based dash, right? Which is I'm going to spend 20 minutes doing this. Another one, if we're cleaning out the garage, is a unit-based dash, and which is just a fancy way to say I have to stay down here until I've filled one contractor mm-hmm. bag, or <laughs> right. I stay down here until I've filled one grocery bag. Right. And now you've started it. You've broken the skin, and now you're doing you're doing the thing. And if that sounds nuts to you. Hakuna Matata, you are healthier than I am. Sometimes people like Merlin and Cash need to know that all you have to do is tolerate the amount of time that it takes to fill one bag. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of things, and then you get a real sense of achievement. You know, you get a cookie out of it. I think, 
Yeah, it'd be interesting. You know, maybe we should ask our listeners, because we're running a little long here. We should probably ask our listeners, if y'all know about stuff that... We, <laughs> that's so funny. I didn't see your text till just now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that if you all have suggestions for, in particular, things that can be evidenced on an Apple Watch, it right. can start other places. Are there things that we should know about that would help give positive encouragement, but would also give certain kinds of prompts that aren't simply the same pop-up you get from iCal mm-hmm. or whatever it's right. called this week? Right. But this is a good project. We should talk more about yeah, this. It is. One of the it things is. in my in the wisdom document, one of my original pieces of wisdom in the wisdom document, that's currently my occupation, when estimating the time it will take to do anything involving a child, at at least ten minutes per child. And then make that thirty <laughs> minutes for kids under five or over twelve. Are these terms served consecutively or are they depends on the judge. Okay. Depends on the judge, the jurisdiction, <laughs> sentencing guidelines, you know? <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, hey everybody. So you can tweet that, uh, to somewhere on the internet. Uh, you know, you know where we are or, you know, what B2W show, is that us? Yes. Yes, it is. Is that the, that's the umbrella under which we rest. Yes. B2 number zero W show. One word, I think you can tweet to there. If you know of things that like, you guys get what I'm saying, right? Like, like I played a little bit with timery. And it looks very cool, the different time, you know. It's almost like Remember the Milk, where it feels like Remember the Milk, come in with the milk. Remember the Milk, the kind of thing where, Remember the Milk was an app, but it was also an API that worked with lots of different, it was really neat how you could use Remember the Milk to basically fashion your own app. I think there's time tracking stuff that's like that, where it's like an API, oh, and also it's an app. I bet there's things like that. If y'all have any suggestions for things that Cash or I, uh, from which we could benefit, and the right kind of maths to put together for prompts and positive reinforcement. You could uh, tweet that on the internet to B2W show. And also everybody out there, go to Dan Benjamin and wish him a happy birthday. It's his birthday. He's getting lots of swats and uh, he's going to have all the breadsticks that he wants. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.